Okay, good evening. Good to see you. We're here to learn Rabbeinu Bachya and his Pirushim and Parshas Beshalach. Uh, towards the beginning of Parshas Beshalach, and really in the first Pasuk after he writes his, uh, his Hakdama, uh, uh, which is about HaKadosh Baruch Hu being a Bochein Libos, trying to discern what's in the, what's in the hearts of people. Um, uh, so he, he writes as follows. He quotes Rabbeinu Hananel. There are many times Rabbeinu Bachia quotes Rabbeinu Hananel. Let's say, I don't know if we have such a strong freestanding source of Rabbeinu Hananel, but it's, he's often quoted by Rabbeinu Bachia. And uh, going on the first pasuk, Why did Hakadosh Baruch Hu go an indirect way? That he didn't go through the land of Plishtim, which would have been a shorter way. So the pasuk says. People might change their mind when they see a battle and they would want to return. Writes Rabbeinu Bachi, the Rabbeinu Hanal wrote, There's another additional, an additional reason why Hashem had them go through the Midbar. In order to expand on the miracles and the signs. Let's say Hashem would have had them go through the land of the Plishtim. And the miracle that he would have performed would be that the Plishtim would not object. They would allow the Jewish people to come in and to come through. The sign would be weak. But if instead he sent us through the Midbar, that meant that we would have a prolonged period requiring many miracles in order for us to be sustained. Right? The Plishtim, yes, it would be a miracle if the Plishtim would say yes. Once they say yes, it's a natural existence. You're going through an inhabited land. But by the Midbar, there, required, there were required a series of ongoing miracles in order for allowing, to allow the Jewish people to survive in the Midbar. We're not just talking about the first few days, we're talking about the whole 40 years. The whole 40 years. Well, at that point, it's supposed to be. Correct, correct. He says, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu does miracles with the Tzadikim, it's, there are times when he's trying to compound the miracles, to make them so significant. Who were thrown into the Kivshanayish, into the fiery furnace. The miracle could have been that the fire went out. The fire didn't go out, the fire stayed, and Hanani Mishol Vazariah survived. Daniel, by the by the lion's den, he could have had the lions die, and that would have been a miracle, and he would have been saved. But instead, the lions were alive, and they sat there in the in the in the cell in the in the cage together with with uh, Daniel, and nothing happened. Gidon, he brings other examples of situations where Hakadosh Baruch is trying to bring out the miracle. In the most profound way. Veda, and no. Kikol in Yone Yisrael Mikrain Ba Midbar Hakelayan Isayan Gomor. All of the experiences of the Jewish people in the desert, they were all a big Nisayan, a big challenge. Kede Shayigdalu Nafsham Hasichlis Bamadregas Habitochin Shusharisha Amuna. To grow their Nafsham Hasichlis, their intelligent soul in Amuna. In the root of Emun, and Bitochon, which is the root of Emun, so we should be worthy to receive the Torah. That's why we had all of these miracles, so that our belief in Hakadosh Baruch Hu would be firm and strong, which is going to be the basis for us being able to receive the Torah. 
That's why the splitting of the sea wasn't a one-time thing, but it was something which happened progressively as the Jewish people walked in. This is something which he'll bring later as well to understand. But the idea is that we're trying to have a demonstration and an ongoing demonstration. Why did the man not fall once a month or once a year? Why did it fall every single day? So that every day they had to have that trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu and have that trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu born out. So he says, look, this is the purpose of it, to enhance the sense of dependence that the Jewish people would have upon HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's why Hashem did all of these miracles. So, yes, there could have been concerns, as the Pasuk says, there were concerns that the people might retract, might turn back. But says the, 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 the uh, Rabbeinu Bachit, in the name of Rabbeinu Hanal, there's another benefit, a very direct benefit. And the benefit is that the Jewish people going through the Midbar required miracles on a daily basis, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted us to grow up with that strong sense of emuna born of experience. Now this is very interesting, because right away in the next Pasuk, the uh, Rabbeinu Bach is going to say something which appears to be an opposite perspective, not an arguing perspective, but highlighting another aspect of it. The Pasuk famously says, Vachamushim alu b'nei Yisrael mi'eretz Mitzrayim. What does it mean, Chamushim alu b'nei Yisrael mi'eretz Mitzrayim? So, everyone knows, uh, there's a Chazal, one out of five came out of Eretz Mitzrayim, right? That notion of the people who died in the days of the darkness, right? All the Jewish people who didn't get redeemed. Vachamushim is one-fifth, perhaps. That's the way some understand. Another way people understand it is, Chamushim is armed. The Jewish people left Mitzrayim prepared. Chamushim is prepared, having all the provisions, all the tools and implements they would need to be able to make it. Writes Rabbeinu Bachia, almost the opposite of what he said before. He says, the Jewish people went out with weapons even though they were never to use them. Even though as we stood on the Yamsul for the Egyptians, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, Hashem. Hashem lochem lochem. Just stand and watch. Hashem will wage war for you. That was the way it ended up happening in the end. But Kal Yisrael went out ready to fight and writes, writes Rabbeinu Bachya, even though we could say if the Jewish people with their promise from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we don't need to have weapons. We don't have to be prepared to fight. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will take care of us. Writes Rabbeinu Bachya, Derech HaToyro Litzavos Sheisnaig Odom Miktsas B'Derech HaToyva Mikre Achrechen Yifalhanes the way of the Torah is to tell you, do something, which is a normal hishtadlus, that can produce something, and then the miracle will take over and make it into a big thing. So when the Jewish people went out armed, HaKadosh Baruch Hu could then take over and say, don't worry, put down, put down those arms. And this is an interesting thing, because in the previous Pasuk, he spoke about why we were sent to the Midrash, because Hashem specifically wanted us to have a miraculous existence, to be able to spend all that time growing up knowing that we were getting from Hashem. And at the same time, we're told that our responsibility is to try to be memayit benes, to try to limit the miracle by doing the efforts, that would be able to, to, uh, to produce a result. 
Rabbeinu Bachi at the end of this pasuk, you know, he goes through a whole cheshbon, a whole calculation of if it was one fiftieth or or one fifth, or all the different opinions in Chazal. But then in the end, he says a fascinating nupshat in the chamushim alu bnei Yisrael miyas b'shrayim. What does chamushim stand like? Especially how it's spelled in the Torah, chamishim. What was what's the connection of fifty to Yitzias Mitzrayim? Kabbalah's Torah was on the fiftieth day. The Chamishim says Rabbeinu Bach is kind of remez that you would find Rabbeinu Bach. The Chamishim olu bnei Yisrael be'eretz Mitzrayim l'lamedcha shehatayra shenitnav l'chamishim yom hesatachlus mashor olu bnei Yisrael be'eretz Mitzrayim. The Jewish people went out of Mitzrayim not for what happened that day, but for what would happen in fifty days. Chamushim olu bnei Yisrael be'eretz Mitzrayim. It was for the Torah that we went out. It was only b'schus the Torah. That we were mafkia shibud, that we didn't have to worry about Mitzrayim anymore. He quotes it in the name of a medrash, but we don't know exactly where the medrash is. And by the way, how many times does it mention Yitzias Mitzrayim in the Torah? Fifty times. The Chamishim, Cool stuff. Cool stuff. Okay. And Moshe Rabbeinu took the bones of Yosef with him. So, what was everybody else doing? Right, everybody knows. Chazal say, Chacham Levi Kach Mitzvahs. The wise of the heart takes mitzvahs. Everybody else was collecting silver and gold garments. Moshe Rabbeinu is going to get the bones of Yosef. Writes Rabbeinu Bechi, just writes it very nicely and simply. While the Jewish people were concerning themselves with physical things and engaging in the borrowing of silver and gold, Rabbeinu was engaged in matters of the soul, in matters of mitzvah. The wise of the heart takes mitzvahs. A person always has a choice as to how to allocate their most precious resource, which is their time. Chacham Levikach Mitzvahs. The wise of the heart will come to take mitzvahs in order to be able to get the most out of. That was also a mitzvah. To take the Kletzev and the Kletzev and the asked them to do it. It's true. HaKadosh Baruch asked them to do it. He didn't have to ask Mesh Rabbeinu. To take silver and gold kalim is usually not such a mitzvah. Here Hashem says, I want you to do it. Can I share another beautiful remez from Rabbeinu Bachya? Vayugad lemelech Mitzrayim ki And it was told to the king of Mitzrayim that the people had fled. What's the gematria of Borach? 210. What's the numbers 210? What's the significance of 210? It was told the king to the king of Mitzrayim that 210 the people which means they ran away after 210. There was a gzera at the Brisbane Abbasarim of Arba Meyeshana, 400 years. How long did we end up staying in Mitzrayim? According to Chazal, 210 years. Where do we get it from? Not from the word Barach. But from when it says, when Yaakovin was going down to Mitzrayim. And what does it say there? Redu. 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 And Redu is 210. But now you see that when we went down to Mitzrayim, it was Redu. When we came out from Mitzrayim, it was 
Barach, which equals Redu. Now, what was the problem? You can have Redu, 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 but the Geula was not yet overdue. <laughs> right? The Geula was not yet overdue. Says Rabbeinu Bachya that the reason why the Mitzrim came after them, who got like Nebuas ben Habesorim? He was told the prophecy of the Bris ben Habesorim, which said, Your children should be strangers in a foreign land for 400 years. The Jewish people were in Mitzrayim for nowhere near 400 years. So therefore, he said, Barachon, they've left early. Let me go get them back. It's interesting. The Barach is a just a very, very uh, nice and a fruitful, potentially fruitful. Remus. Okay, there are a whole slew of fantastic, interesting, you know, Kabbalistic ideas, interpretations, which are found within the uh, the commentary of Rabbeinu Bach here on the Parsha. Kedarkenu, we uh, we split split uh, split. We we uh, skip around, you know, quite a bit in order to be able to. To, to share some of the things that um, that we want to share. So by Kriyas Yamsuf, there's a great ambiguity in the Psukim as to exactly how it was performed. Why? What does it say? Um, it says when Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave the mitzvah to Moshe Rabbeinu, it says, it says that Hakadosh Baruch Hu told uh, Moshe Rabbeinu, "Hare mesmatcha unetayes yodcha al hayamu v'koel yavayu bnei Yisrael b'sechayem yabosha." Lift up your staff. That's the way we would normally translate it. Unetayes yodcha and extend your hand over the sea and split it, and the bnei Yisrael go b'sechayem yabosha. And that's how it describes how the miracle was performed. What does it say later? Vayet Moshe es yoday alayam. Moshe Rabbeinu extended his hand over the sea, and Hashem had the ruach kodem move, etc., all the way through. Now, did Moshe Rabbeinu raise his hands, or did he take the staff and raise the staff? If you look at the first pasuk, it says harem es marcha unetayes yorcha. In the second pasuk, it just says vayet Moshe es yoday. It doesn't say anything about the matter. So the standard way to understand it is that. Moshe Rabbeinu raised his hands. In his hands there was a mata, so he was raising the mata, and he was raising his hands, and both, both are true. Rabbeinu Bachya says, To say the Moshe Rabbeinu had to extend his staff over the sea. Later in the description, just as Moshe Rabbeinu extended his hand over the sea, it doesn't say anything about the stick, about the staff. Doesn't mean lift up your stick into your hands and hold it there, you know, in posture of Moses by the sea, but rather lose the stick. Lose the stick. is get it up and out of here. Unetayasiyadcha. Fascinating thing. 
the, 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 there was this whole challenge. Do they believe in Maish Rabbein? Was Maish Rabbeinu acting on his own? Here we have the moment, it's supposed to be the moment of Emunah Bashem of Moshe Avdo. Now, if at the same time Maish Rabbeinu has his trusty wizard hat, and he has his magic stick in his hand, do people really believe in Hashem and in Maisha Avdai? One could easily say that the stick would have been pro- providing a tremendous distraction. There's a red herring. So therefore, get rid of the mata, just extend your hands. Let it be just you, without anything that people would think could be otherwise, could be producing something otherwise. It's not the kayach of Maisha, but it's the kayach of the mata, people would say. So therefore he said, get rid of it. Get rid of the stick, and then vayaminu b'ashem uvamaisha avdoi. Now they really believed in Hashem and in Maisha. Yeah. So this was not a chashash at all for the Yeser Makos. The Yeser Makos were fine with the staff. The Yeser Makos were fine with the staff. But here we're trying to close the deal on the Amuna Bashem of Amayshav. So look, ma, no hands. That's the, that's the idea. Since he's trying to really close the deal, we want it to be without anything else. Well, I think also in the case of the Makos, the people probably, for the most part, didn't even see Moshe Rabbeinu, you know, uh, initiate the, uh, the Makos. He was basically in, in, in the audience of Paro in his, uh, in his office. Also, also the case. Also the case that there wasn't wasn't the same kind of uh, the same kind of um, visibility and exposure in what he was doing. Right, right. No, the the matter the matter was used consistently. He's saying at this point, which is the moment of the climax of Amuna, it wasn't used anymore. It wasn't needed anymore, and it wasn't used anymore. So why was it used? Matamaisha was 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 a was a, one of the things that was made, you know, Shabbos in Ashmashes, as one of the things to bring to bring the miraculous to the world. But it's a bria of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. It's Er Shabbos in Ashmashes. It's a creation of kedusha, as Rishayim say. But there still is a possibility. Now, why did why did they make a, a copper snake? In order to bring them a refua. there's a purpose to the vehicle, but then people could make a mistake and they could make it into an avodah like they did in that sense. I would also want to call your attention to the Rabbeinu Bachin Pasuk Chavzayin, where the Pasuk says the Yam returned Lifnais Biker Leisonai towards morning to its strength. And Chazal have a famous Lashon. They say, don't read it as Leisonai, to its strength, but Letinoi, to its condition, to its original condition. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu had made a condition, Im Hayam, with the Sishi Yikra, Yikara Lifnei Yisrael, that will be torn, it will split in front of the Jewish people. It wasn't just with the sea, but with anything that was there in creation, because... HaKadosh Baruch Hu put in it in its condition that when needed, they will turn off and allow what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to happen to come through. 
And he brings other illustrations of this. And he says, This medrash demonstrates All miracles that would be performed in the future was already put in nature at the Sheshit Mevrashis that they'll be created. And he goes on to discuss this. This is a sheet of the Rambam, Enkel Chodesh Tachas Hashemesh, the Maral, takes significant issue with this opinion of the Rambam. But the idea that they're trying to avoid, and it's a very big Chiddush that they're trying to avoid it, but the idea they're trying to avoid is to create something new constitutes a Shinui HaRatzayin, a change in the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to make something different. And therefore we need to understand that there was no Shinui HaRatzayin, that it was already anticipated in the beginning that there are going to be times when it goes on and times when it goes off. And that's all part of the original Ratzayin of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the creation of the world. Again, this is a major question. Could HaKadosh Baruch Hu decide now, right this second, for whatever purpose, to bring a nace nigla off the books, never planned, never in a visible way planned, could HaKadosh Baruch Hu right now do that? So you'll say, well, of course, HaKadosh Baruch Hu could do anything. <clears throat> the Ramah doesn't hold that way. Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar doesn't hold that way. HaKadosh Baruch Hu had the ability to do anything. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu voluntarily doesn't do these things. Now, maybe what I just said is also way, way insufficient. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the Bal Yechailas, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the unchanging Bal Yecholas. So to have something new develop at some later point in time is challenging that idea of being the unchanging valyachilas. So instead, instead the belief is that um, that Hakadosh Baruch Hu originally planned all of these things. So Shinui Ratzay, and if I say you know that that entrance is five dollars, but for you know children under twelve it's two fifty. So this one pays five dollars. When the child comes under twelve. They pay two fifty, and it's finished. It's done. That was part of the original plan. It's not a change where you have to go now and somebody comes in and there's this one price and then somebody shows up and says, what, you're charging the same price for kids? I have a child here under 12. He has to pay the same thing. And they said, oh, you know, you're right. For a child under 12, it's 50%. That's a shinui. The shinuyim, the changes which are in nature within the world were all anticipated by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Why? They had to be, because we see that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not changing. So this, what appears as a change, was already something which was in the plans from the outset. That's what he says. He takes that side, like the side of the Rambam, in this debate about Shinwe. Why does it say, it says Right. And those miracles that would be right. So that's he. The Rebbeinu Bachiyah distinguishes between Tanaim conditions, which Hakadosh Baruch Hu put the Masabereshis in the six days of creation of the various things that he created, and then new phenomena, which again chronologically it's pretty much the same. But those are not things which are different within nature as much as incidental. The the Mate the Piyabeir. This is this is something which is more, you know, incidental. Others talk about why these miracles were chosen as about as opposed to others. Now, in Pasuk Lamed Aleph in Perak Yudalid, which is one of the famous psukim of our parsha, 
they saw the Yorak Doyla, they saw the great hand that Hashem had extended against the Mitzrim, by Yiru Ames Hashem, by Aminu Hashem, of Avdai. So Rabbeinu Bacha uses this opportunity to wax eloquent about the importance of Emuna. Because look, here you have this critical moment of Kriyas Yamsuf to finish the perspective of the Jewish people so they can go to Har Sinai. And what's the word? What's the magic phrase? Bayaminu Bashem Uvamashavdai. Writes Rabbeinu Bachya. Kosav Rabbeinu Chananel. Again, quoting his favorite and ours, Rabbeinu Chananel. There are four portions to Amuna. There's Amuna Bakodesh Baruchu, Shenemar Haminu Bashem Alekechem. Amuna Benavim. We have to believe in the Nevi'im who communicate to us the word of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's Emunah B'Hashem of Amayi Sha'avdoi. Emunah B'Olam Abba. Belief in a world to come. Ki yesh l'ham yesh l'ham Abba say Yisachatim There's great reward destined for the righteous. And Emunah B'Biyas Goyal. And Emunah on a Redeemer down here. Emunah in Olam Abba up there. Emunah in a Goyal down here. Shezepina G'day Lo B'Tayra. This is the major cornerstone of the Tayra. A person who believes has great merits. As it says by Avram, he believed in Hashem, Hashem considered it to be a great thing. And he merits Gan Eden. Why? Because who gets into Gan Eden? What are the next two words? Shemer Emunim. Who safeguards the faith. The articles of faith. And he merits life in the world to come. It says, But someone who doesn't believe in all of this, regarding them, the Pasuk says, and he brings Psukim in the opposite direction. Says Rabbeinu Bachya, Emuna is Yesod HaTorah. And that because Emuna is the Ikar L'chol HaTorah, so it says, And then he says, and that's why, when we say brachas, what's our response? Amen. Amen is also from the Lashon of Emuna. Yes, it's a Lashon of Haida, of acknowledgement. Yes, that's true. But it's also Lashon of Emuna. Amen. Emuna. And he says, when Chazal say that a person who answers Amen is greater than the Mavarech, is the Mavarech is testifying about the blessing of Hashem, who's the source of all blessing. The Aina Amen is seconding it. He's Mekayim Hashtar. And Amen makes a second witness to the to, to whatever is being said, to whatever is being testified to. And the what one witness you can throw out, the second one corroborates. You hear what he's saying? Beautiful pshat. What does it mean the one who answers Amin is greater than the one who makes the bracha? The one who makes the bracha started it. The one who makes the bracha says all the words. The other guy says, just says Amin. But he provides the critical second vote. The critical second vote to confirm the original statement. Rabbi Nabachi goes on with all kinds of you know mystical things about the value of Amen, the value of that of that word, of that of that statement. But it remains that the root of it all is the recognition of Amuna. That we want to <coughs> say that term Amen. 
which which has a connotation of emuna. Of course, when you're saying amen to support a bracha, you're always doing that. But the ultimate stage always is the 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 emuna is the is the ultimate. Now, I want to read to you a little bit more from Rabbeinu Bachya in Perk Tesvav, Pasuk Gimel. Hashem ish Hashem Shemai. Right? It, that's what the Pasuk is about, but the previous Pasuk is really what he's going on, which is Zekeli Vanveyu, Elekei Ovi Varemimenu. This is my God, Vanveyu. So, what does Vanveyu mean? So, Rabbeinu Bachya brings many different Pshatim. I'll build him a base Amigdash. I will beautify, beautify the mitzvahs, and so on. But then he brings, and this he brings in the next Pasuk, in Pasuk Gimel, Vanveyu is Ani Vahu. Vanveyu is a composite of Ani, Mi, Vahu, and Him. Kilaymar. Adam Eloi. Says Rabbeinu Bachir, first pshan in that is, I want to be like the Rabbeinu Shalom when I grow up. Adam Eloi. I want to be like him. The Torah instructs, you should walk in the ways of Hashem. Hashem is merciful, you should be merciful. Hashem is gracious, you should be gracious. That's, the, that's one level of this emuna that we're talking about here. But says Rabbeinu Bachya, there's another. And that is, that when we say vanvehu, anivahu, me and him, we're saying that we understand that our fate is bound up with the fate of the Rabbi Nishalayla. And therefore, when we say anivahu, it's not just that we want to be like him, that we want to you know, continue the Rabbanu Shem's midas, but we also want that, recognize that whatever our faith, HaKadosh Baruch is going to be along with us, as it says, I will go down to you with you to Mitzrayim, and I will come up with you from Mitzrayim. The fate of HaKadosh Baruch is tzomud, is bound up with the fate of the, of the Jewish people. That's the that's the anivahu, vanvehu. Rabbeinu Bachi uses this opportunity to speak about something which we say in our tefillah specifically on Sukkot, Hashanas. What do we say? Ani v'hoi hashiyana. That's the lashon of the tefillah. Ani v'hoi hashiyana. What does it mean? Ani v'hoi hashiyana. What does that phraseology even mean? Right? It could have said. Aniva Aischa Hishiana. What's Aniva Hai Hishiana? So he says is what he says is that Aniva Hai is on the one hand to speak in the Lashain Nigla, right? I save me, and Vaho is a uh, is a Lashain Nistar, is a hidden a hidden language. And whenever you you, you approach the Rabbanu Shlalem, you vary between the Nigla, the direct, Baruch Atta, and the Nistar, and the hidden, the hidden, which is to some degree not speaking as directly, comfortably with, uh, with the Rabbanu Shlalem. But this is the, the, the idea which he's conveying, that, um, that Aniva Hoy and the request, Aniva Hoy Hashiyana, is going to be about saving ourselves and the Rabbanu Shem saving himself because the two are bound together. Because wherever we go, HaKadosh Baruch Hu 
goes along with us and whatever challenge we, we face, HaKadosh Baruch Hu challenge, you know, accepts and understands and experiences that travel together with us at the, at the, at the same time. That's why if a Jew does something that's in bad taste, it's um, Kodoshan. Yeah. Because we're bound up with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, so we're, so we're right. Correct, correct, correct. Everything we do is is connected in that way. That is correct. midbarshur. The Jewish people went out to midbarshur. Right? Where does where's this? This is already we're finished with yes Yamsuf. The Jewish people are now <coughs> ready to go. Vayasa Yamsuf midbarshur. They go out to midbarshur. What's midbarshur? What's Midbar Shur? Right? Rashi says, Mar, uh, the Targum says, Madra the Chagra, right? There's Rekem and Chagra, which we understand as places, and Midbar Shur was there. The Rabbeinu Bachya speaks about the word, and what does Shur mean? Shur means to gaze, to look. Sure. What, why is it called Midbar Shur? What? It says the Badens and Mitzrayim were all Shur. Correct. There it means really a wall. That's yeah. simply the way it walls. Uh, a wall. But the term shur, shur ki avdu chasodecha. Ashurenu v'loikorev. So he says, Rabbeinu Bachya says here something, which he says as well at the end of the Torah, that shur is like yeshurun. Like a name of quality still yeshurun. And the meaning of both of them is histaklus ha Gazing to see, to observe things with wisdom. The Jewish people were climbing level after level. From the Yamsuf where they saw the honor of Hashem's presence. Remember what do Chazal famously say? What the maidservant saw at the Yamsuf was more than what the Navi Yecheskel saw. When we went to Midbar Shur, we took the vision of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we saw at the Yamsuf and we wanted to go further to be amongst those who were Nichnasim Lepardes. That was the challenge. And then, you know, what happened, what happened was then we didn't even find, we didn't even find Mayim. But Rabbeinu Bachia, his focus on Shur, he says, that's the reason why Kal Yisrael is called Adas Yeshurun. Because we look, we gaze, we try to discern, b'chachma, whatever it is that we can. And that's where the term yeshurun comes, comes from as well. They got to Mara, the Pasuk says, so they cast the wood into the water, and the water sweetened. There Hashem established for him law and rule, and there he tested him. And he said, If you listen to the voice of Hashem, and you do that which is good in his eyes, you listen to his mitzvahs, all the illness that I put upon Mitzrayim, I won't put upon you. Writes Rabbeinu Bachya, these are the laws of the desert. Moshe Rabbeinu was, 
The laws of the Midbar, about how they should treat wives and children, how they should respond when people come to buy and sell from them. Okay. The Yeshapirshu. But there are those who explain that when it says Sham Samlaikhu Mishbat, you know what that is? Shalim the Akadipurhu Khachmaitzmachim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu taught him to know the wisdom surrounding the herbs. And the power which those different herbs have. There are herbs that give life and that give death. There are herbs that heal and there are herbs that make people sick. There are those that sweeten the bitter and there are those that embitter the sweet. This can be natural, it can be mystical. There are things which will make the person feel better naturally. There are things which will make the person feel better more mystically. And he says that's the idea. There's a chayk and mishpat when it comes to how we would conduct ourselves in the Midbar. Now, continues the Rabbeinu Bachya, and there the Shamni So, the Pasuk says, so he gave him all the rules about how they should be knowing, but then he tested him. What's the idea? The Pasuk says, if you listen to my mitzvahs, and do all my commands, all the illness which I brought upon Hashem, I won't bring, uh, I won't bring upon you. So he says, even though the power of those herbs was known to HaKadosh Baruch Hu with their nature, but Hashem doesn't want us to rely on the herbs and on the medicines. And despair, stop thinking about prayer, and asking for mercy. Don't deviate from the mitzvah, mitzvah of the Torah, which says, I am Hashem, your Raifei, not the Tzmachim, not the herbs. This is <coughs> what he says. So in other words, the HaKadosh Baruch Hu may have taught him Chayku Mishpat about the Tzmachim, but he says, so Tzmachim are things which you're going to use, but you have to understand that the Rabbi Shalom has to figure in whatever it is, even as he's teaching you the ways, which is a great chiddush, and which brings him back to a famous chazal, which was hotly debated amongst the Rishayim. And Rabbeinu Bachya over here takes a uh, position uh, on this matter. The Gemara says, Chizkiyo put away the book of medicines, and the chazal thought it was a good thing. Why? With that book, the, the creatures, people, would be better, but the Yisyashu Mitzvah, they won't think the Torah Mitzvah plays a factor. They'll just think, i got to get myself the best doctor, the best health plan, that fantastic new medicine. No. Ani Hashem Reifecha. Bechein Dorshu Chazal. Shabbos Vedine Memore. If good, Vim Taskeberg, Zos Timsa. Okay, so, so this, is, this, is, this is, again, something which he says, that you have to understand that he put away the book of Rafuis because people were not thinking about Torah, Mitzvahs, and Tefillah. 
And the Rambam disagrees with this interpretation very sharply in Psachim, in Pirushan Mishnayis and Psachim, in his commentary to the Mishnah Psachim, where he says, what do you mean? HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave you these tools to use. Why would he take the medicines and put them away? Teach people how to daven instead of taking away from them the medicine. So maybe Chizkiyot felt that it would only work if they have the back against the wall. That what was being taught over here is really threading the needle. He's teaching them about the herbs, and then he's saying, but remember, v'shamni so, remember, it depends on me. So I just want to end with another comment on a very different context, but which has some relationship to this, that Rabbeinu Bachya makes towards the end of the Parsha. And that is, if you remember, towards the end of the Parsha, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Moshe Rabbeinu tells Aaron, take tzintzenes achas, take a jar of the mud and put it in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. What was the reason, uh, what was the reason for him to do that? To do that. The sustenance, the food of Talmidei Chacham in every generation is given over to Hashem. The man, which represents the sustenance of people, where is it? It's before Hashem. Hashem worries for the sustenance of people. He says they put the mon in the Holy of Holies right next to the Arna Kodesh. Why? Because you have to understand that the same way the Torah is coming from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Parnas is coming from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he puts the two of them together to say that the person's greatest per- connection to Parnasa is going to be con- contingent on the connection which they establish for themselves with the Torah of the Rabbi Shalom. Taking the Tzintzenes Hamon, it wasn't like you would say, you know, I need to have a place for safekeeping, so here, we'll put it in the safe. We have a safe with the Orochodesh, everything will be taken care of. No, the idea was to associate the Parnasa of the Jewish people with its source. It's source Lifnei Hashem of the Rabbanu Shalom, and it's source its association with the Torah standing of the of the people. That's the depth of putting the two of them together. So we have these two psukim. One of them, the Kiani Hashem Reifecha. I've given you all the herbs, but remember, I'm the one who's bringing you healing. I give you Parnosa, but remember, I'm the one who's giving you Parnosa. If we would bring together everything we learned in Rabbeinu Bachia tonight, more or less, Emuna is the Yisod of the Torah. Kali Yisrael went through this period of intense living on the edge in the Midbar so that they should have a daily and constant awareness. We're not making it here, if not for the Rabbi Nishlov and being here with us all the way. By Aminu Bashem of Maisha Avdai is the climax. And fundamental to Emuna is to understand whether our health or our wealth, the things that people, what are the two most Sincerely said, Brachas and Shmona Esrei, take a survey, everyone will tell you, Rufa'enu and Borecholeinu. That's our Parsha. Ani Hashem Reifecha by the Mara, Borecholeinu by the Mon. Both of these things we have to understand. It is Makushar, connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that Ba'ire Nirar, that through that we gain, we have life, we have success.